Hello, St. Matthew family. My name is Father Ted Sill, and you're listening to our podcast, St. Matthew Moments, where we connect through Catholic conversations. The Holy Spirit has something for us today, so take a deep breath, clear your mind, and come connect with us. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of St. Matthew Moments, Conversations on Catholic Life. I'm Julie Ratliff, and today I am so excited to welcome uh, Ashley Allwine, our Director of Evangelization and PSR Coordinator. And today we are so excited to welcome Mila McNamee, a parishioner here at St. Matthew. I'd like to start off by Mila giving you a couple minutes to just tell us about your faith life and uh, your journey in um, growing in your Catholic faith. Oh, I originally came from the Philippines and 97% uh, are Catholics. And I was brought in a, a home where my mother was very religious. So it was not unusual that we followed what she taught us and what she witnessed to us. Uh, and I went to Catholic schools since I was in grade school until university life. And I was under the Dominican religious order. And prior to that, uh, the German sisters in my uh, grade school and high school. It, it was my way of life, really. But I found out as I started working when I was in Mount Carmel, talking to the chaplain there, and she asked me if I had a relationship with Jesus. And that took me aback because I, I thought I did. When she started explaining what that meant, I realized that I did not have a relationship with Jesus. And that was probably 25 or 30 years ago, I had to find out what that meant. And so I guess relationship is just not about doing, but actually being with him and really accepting who I am. And that was very difficult. Um, it took many years, a lot of reading, a lot of searching, a lot of praying, and maybe are around people too who are like-minded. Uh, and then I had the spiritual director that helped me with that too. Being in a third order Franciscan helped me in a community life, serving, volunteering. And I gradually, I learned what relationship with Jesus meant, hoping that it's getting deeper and uh, that's where, where I wanna be. It's an ongoing process. Well, thank you for sharing all that with us. It definitely is a process. First thing we usually do in our podcast is share a Catholic moment of the week. Ashley, what is your Catholic moment of the week? Sure. Um, my Catholic moment of the week. Uh, it's been a hard week for sure. My Catholic moment was on Monday when I was heading to adoration or adoration hour. And I was hoping to go by myself, but I had to take my son for different reasons. And of course, we get into the chapel and it's a little echoey and he's finding his voice. He's 10 months old. So he's doing all the googlies and whatever and having a <laughs> joyous time with Jesus and adoration. Yep, there you go. And I'm just trying to keep him quiet for the rest of everyone else. So I was like, okay, Lord, I really need to be with you. But I'll leave the chapel. So I just, the doors were closed and I set out in like the lobby area and 
just kind of struggled with that. Just that I had to share my adoration hour with my son who was restricting me from being with the Lord when I really needed him. And um, just like a hard motherhood moment in some ways. And so then the Lord sent me just like a little grace. Um, my my aunt-in-law, I guess you would say, who is very motherly and just really sweet and kind. She actually entered in to um, the lobby area and was headed into adoration herself really quickly. She was, I mean, it was like 15 minutes till the end of adoration. So, but she was just so, she affirmed me in my motherhood and said, this is just the most important thing that you're doing. This baby, look how amazing he is and like how beautiful he is. Good job. You're doing so, so good, et cetera, et cetera. And kind of just tousled my hair and, and then she just scooted right into adoration. And I didn't say anything like major to her about it. But I mean, after that, I was just weeping because I just needed, <laughs> I just needed like a, just a little, like, it's like kind of like a gentle kiss from the Lord mm-hmm. that when she was that for me that day. And so then it, it kind of just gave me that pick me up. Um, so that was nice. my Catholic moment. Beautiful. Mila, how about you? What's your Catholic oh, moment? my Catholic moment is uh, when we went to the cemetery, my brother-in-law was with us and that was the first and we prayed a decade of the rosary. That was not the first time, but it was the first time we did it. It was kind of awkward because he doesn't pray the rosary, but I'm getting more bold in leading it. So, so the second time we did it, I could notice that he's more comfortable. And I think he's realizing that if we are going to the cemetery, this is what we're going to be doing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, um, but it was beautiful because he was, he had a strong voice. Like all of a sudden, his, his uh, way of praying in the past, I felt like his boyhood was coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, okay, I know these prayers. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mom taught me this and I've got to get. I'm going to show Mila. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just funny in a way because, and after we prayed after a decade and we did the memorare, I mean, I was like, only one decade, but I did Hail Holy I went all the way, (laughs) you know. It's all like teaching him a little bit. This Mm. is what the rosary is going to be. And then, you know, Chuck said, oh, it's so beautiful, wasn't it? And he didn't say anything. But after a few days, he called us and said that he prayed the rosary. So we were so happy. We got on our <laughs> knees. And we were like, all our prayers are being answered. But of course, we know at the back of our minds, how often is he going to do this again on his own? But right. we just leave it to God. I mean, you know, the seed was planted. Mm-hmm. You watered it. And you got a little bit of a sprout. Yeah. And you go like, okay. That's an awesome witness. Yeah, yeah that's a great moment. All right. My Catholic moment of the week was actually yesterday on the Feast of the Annunciation. Um, We just recently learned that my son and his wife are expecting and they had their first doctor appointment and ultrasound yesterday. And so I got to see a picture of my grandbaby, which is very exciting. So just um, being able. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited. My, my my youngest is like, Mom, ever since you found out, you're just giddy. <laughs> so, Rightly just, so. Yeah, there's just a blessing in um, celebrating new life. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a special grace, extra grace um, mm-hmm. in that. And that amazing uh, due date, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. So their baby... <laughs> 
the due date is the due date is like the October 30th. So we're kind of hoping and praying that maybe it's All Saints Day, baby. That would be so blessed. So, but October's got filled with amazing saints too. So that's true. That is true. Um, Anyway, that was my Catholic moment this week. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about Divine Mercy this year at St. Matthew. We are actually going to be praying it as a parish. And then our mission that we've had every other week during Lent will actually end on Divine Mercy. And so we're having kind of a Divine Mercy um, event. Aaron Richards is going to be coming and speaking on Divine Mercy and we'll pray the chaplet. I just thought it would be great for us to sort of unpack a little bit more about this devotion. And There's a lot to unpack. There is. I, <laughs> totally, yes. So first of all, I guess I thought we could maybe just talk about like when each of us was introduced or when we learned about the Divine Mercy devotion. Anybody want to start in particular? I started hearing about it about 20 years ago. I think we went to uh, St. Michael's and we attended their Divine Mercy Sunday and we were we were attracted to this cantor who sang the Divine Mercy and she had a really beautiful voice. She was like Sarah Brightman. <laughs> At that time we were into Sarah Brightman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Chuck really fell in love with it. And I think I just got attracted to it because he had that devotion and he was so faithful with it. Mm-hmm. And then I just started on my own, uh, really, really not understanding uh, the beauty of it until just uh, as years went on. And I think Father Gately really helped me with that to understanding it. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of images of divine mercy at home. We have at least four images wow. just kind of reminding me, Jesus, I trust in you. But for me, it's just like um, when I, you know, when you learn the piano, you just go through the notes, you know, as a child, you just, but as you get better, like Claire de Lune, I, I love that Claire de Lune. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as you mature, you just have the musicality of it, and you might listen to Sasan, so he plays it, and it, it's beautiful. And you just have a certain artist who plays it, or even watch it on the CSO, and you just want to play it the way that artist does. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the way I would compare it to loving Divine Mercy. There's more to it, and as you mature and read more about it and really meditate on it, there's so much to to mm-hmm. chew on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's beautiful. I love that um, that image of playing piano and it just unfolding more and more mm. as time goes on. My um, my first first experiences that I remember, at least, of understanding and coming to know more about Divine Mercy was in college when I was really kind of getting very um, centered in my faith. I went on a mission trip with Focus Ministries, actually. We went to Lima, Peru. We built these stairs in the just the poor areas of, of Lima, and we just sang it on the stairs as we were working, and that's kind of where I first learned the words of it, and I didn't know the whole chaplet except for by singing it, really. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my first encounters with it, and then as I continue to recall, like, Divine Mercy and the image— I did learn a lot about the image in college as well. Um, we had some sisters, some very charismatic sisters at our Newman Center, and they were all about 
the blood and water of Jesus um, and pouring out over us. So now that I'm like kind of thinking more and more about it, I learned quite a handful Mm -hmm. in college. And then as I went into net ministries, which I served for, that's when I read Consoling the Heart of Jesus, um, which is by Father Michael Gately. Father Michael Gately. Yes. You mentioned that. And then just how you can console Jesus um, through the divine mercy through prayer, through all these different things, which we can go into more later. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I first learned about divine mercy triplet. I can't even remember. I feel like for sure it was probably around the year 2000 or shortly before um, St. Faustina's canonization. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I heard, saw it on EWTN or what it was. There was one Sunday, divine mercy Sunday, actually that the parish that we were members of at that time we had a visiting priest and he was from Poland and I can remember like going to mass that Sunday and seeing the image on the altar and like him sharing about the devotion and St. Faustina. And I was excited to see it because, so I must've already known about it at that point. I can remember going home to Alan and being just like so excited to think that like I had actually gotten to venerate the, the image on divine mercy Sunday. And so that's really wonderful. Yeah. And wasn't Divine Mercy Sunday put in place by Pope John Paul II? Yes. Saint Pope yes. John Paul II. Yeah, that is which true. Which was recent in some way. Well, yeah, like, last, I mean, in the last, like, what, 25 years okay. or something like that. Yeah. So that's just a really cool thing, yeah. too, that he did. So, I mean, it's, on, it's pretty amazing if you, like, look at their St. Faustina and John Paul II and Divine Mercy, like, just how intertwined all of that is. Mm-hmm. Um and his pontificate, um, because I can remember at one point reading that John Paul II actually used to go pray at the tomb of St. Faustina, that it was near one of the um, rock quarries that he worked at during the war. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, just, I mean, God is so amazing. Like how he just, like, there's no coincidences. Even St. Faustina, the order that she ended up... (laughs) Being a, finally accepted into, you know. Um, and then she has this amazing image of yeah, this, these, divine mercy. Yeah, these apparitions or um, mm-hmm. receives these messages. Mm-hmm. And I, can, I can remember also over the years, at some point in time, I had purchased the um, diary of St. Faustina. Cool. And I would bring that to adoration every week and I would read parts of that. And you know, I've still not read the whole thing. <laughs> girl is deep. Girl yeah. is girl deep. I mean, yeah. so that's, Ooh. I feel like something you could like, contemplate <laughs> your, your whole life and not get through. For right? sure. So, it's yeah. hard to close it because it's like, it's so good. And I'm only like 20 minutes. Yeah. I haven't done my rosary yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rosary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, um, totally. Totally. Yeah. And one of the things you both brought up is this book by Father Michael Gately, Consoling the Heart of Jesus. And I thought maybe we could just unpack that a little bit more about how it is that we can console him now. Like when we're praying the chaplet, that we can actually enter into that moment of, that he is on the cross. Every time we come to communion, that we can we can console him in, in, in the way that we receive and the reverence that we show. Yeah. That's why I love our crucifix in, in our church. That's, I think, one of the main things why we chose St. Matthew, mm-hmm. because it's it's so obvious, it you know. Yeah. And 
when I read that consoling Jesus, um, that book, I mean, it, you can, I can just imagine, hopefully, what the little girl, you know, mm-hmm. whatever age I am. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. as an adult, just seems like, oh, you're so broken and wounded. But when you're a child trying to console Jesus, it's so much more, I don't know maybe worthy of him, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. I love that image. And you know what is so beautiful? It It's covered. I don't know if you noticed this. It's covered now, starting right. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But the feet are not. <laughs> did you notice that? I have like, oh, I love I did not this. Because that. it's like, <laughs> thank you, Father, for not having the feet covered <laughs> because... I need to hold on to Jesus, uh, you know. I, uh-huh. I just because sometimes when they're all covered, I'm we're all visuals. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, it just helps me with my adoration. Yeah, really. Yeah, I think the book talks a lot about how basically during Jesus's passion and his dying, that you can be there in the moment, whether he he's you're helping him carry his cross whether you're helping him to get back up for the journey to get to his crucifixion at the crucifixion that you can literally be present there and console him. Like, like who, who did oh. the, the, I'm oh, like, Veronica, like, Veronica. I'm like, I always butcher that name. <laughs> okay. Victoria, Veronica. But, um, <laughs> but you can be there present with him and like, kiss him. And it, I mean, it goes into a great depth where you're just like, whoa, th- I mean, this is deep. And I don't fully understand this either because our prayer and it it goes to go on to explain just like our prayer is outside of time. That moment can be outside of time because God is outside of time. He's outside of right now. He's outside of the past and the future. So even just in our application of prayer for for someone, even if you're a day late, like that prayer is still worthy Mm -hmm. for the Lord to Mm -hmm. hear and to take action with that, you know, so you can never be too late in prayer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that consoling the heart of Jesus is, it's just, you can't unpack it in this one yeah. podcast, but yeah. it is something that you maybe, can, maybe in a series. I yeah. Don't know. In a profound way, you can at least take that to prayer. And like you're saying, like having the feet even just exposed to kind of like help you think and like imagine it's like kind of using your imagination Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because it's hard for us as humans to kind of open up in that way (laughs) Mm -hmm. and to pray in that way right you know until you really start to learn and you learn from the saints Mm -hmm. who saint faustina does a lot of obviously this Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a lot of consoling and there's a lot of consoling right now that we needed to do amen amen yeah so it's (laughs) mind-blowing And one of the blessings that we've talked a little bit about here is just that image that Jesus asked St. Faustina to have made, mm-hmm. which was supposed to sort of, rep- uh, I think, represented like how he appeared to her. What is contained within that image, like the rays, the white and the red rays, I can't say it, mm-hmm. um, that represent um, baptism and the Eucharist mm-hmm. and the sacraments, which are means of God's grace being poured out in us. In particular, I think one of the things that I love most about it is just that reminder at the bottom that Jesus, I trust in you. You know, last year when everything was shutting down and it was Easter and we were all home, that was like something that 
spoke to me in particular. And, you know, things are somewhat different now than they were last year, but I don't think there's a time that we don't need to be continually placing trust in Jesus or just to, to know that he is trustworthy. Yeah. That's, we were talking about how all we have to do is, at least Mila, you had mentioned this at one point, all we have to do is trust. Yeah. And yeah. what's the, there was a quote. Actually. Yeah. I, I like this one. I just want to read in the diary of Faustina in 1578. I'm offering people, Jesus said, I'm offering people a vessel with which they are to keep coming for graces to the fountain of mercy. That vessel is this image with a signature, Jesus, I trust in you. The graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. Oh my God, keep asking. (laughs) (laughs) So true though, keep Keep trusting. Yeah, I know. I think those us Americans are so steeped in this um, rugged individualism and thinking that, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, thinking, you know, I see a situation that's not great or whatever. And I keep thinking that I'm the one who needs to solve it or I need to find the solution or whatever. And in reality, I would be best served by just handing it over to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I mean, if you think about like, if, if our church could just learn to really abandon more and more of ourselves mm-hmm. and the circumstances of the world over to the Lord, like how, how much he could, could work. Um, but I think we need to practice really that mm-hmm. even in little ways we we're talking about that, mm-hmm. like today. You know, I was waiting for something to happen and it didn't happen. I mean, it's like, okay, I have to be there at a certain time in another place. Yes. And I couldn't tell Chuck I was anxious, you know, because I've told him it would just multiply the anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking yeah. so calm, you know, and I was like, okay, I'm reading this divine mercy. I've got to apply it. And, you know, it's even just minor things. Are they coming? When are they coming? Mm -hmm. You know, so I just said to myself, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And I thought, what's the worst that can happen? They don't come. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we waited for three months. So what's the problem? Uh, And then they came. And, Mm -hmm. you know, another thing that I read recently is that the grace comes at the last minute, Mm -hmm. you know. It just, and I hold on to that Mm -hmm. because that's just how God works. It happens at the right time, not Mm -hmm. my time. Right. And it's hard. It's, it's practice, practice, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And I think our culture, we're so used to getting what we want when we want it at that moment. (laughs) You know, you want. Or yesterday. Or yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. You need a little happy fix. You go on online and you yeah. watch the show that you makes you super happy. That's your fix, you know, or if you are having a bad day, we're not prone. I mean, we are pretty apt to like, okay, I'll get myself a pick me up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and instead of waiting, like you just yeah. mentioned, like actually handing it over to the Lord, like you mentioned, Julie mm-hmm. and abandoning that, issue that problem that anxiety i think we all 
America also deals with a lot of anxiety because we can't control everything, but we don't even ask for God's grace in those moments. (laughs) And of course we can't control anything. It's not up to us. So if we would just go ahead and trust the Lord in those moments, Mm -hmm. our things would go away. You know, we would receive, we would receive like that quote says, and that's hard to do. But um, my, we were talking earlier just a little bit about like, I'm trying to incorporate that in my life. And I think it's hard for each of us to really mm-hmm. to do that, to like really even to think about just asking the Lord to be in that moment. But I was struggling the other day with <laughs> what am I going to make for dinner? <laughs> and truly, like, th- it's kind of like those moments where you're like, I don't want to make dinner. I don't know what we-, we have no groceries in the fridge, really. I know we've got something in the freezer. I can maybe pull something together looking at my empty fridge. And I literally just said, Yeah. Yeah. I could pick up the phone and fix it, but I was like, I don't want to spend money. So I just asked the Lord, help me to make and figure out a dinner because dinners are hard. (laughs) And I know I am there with you, Ashley. I'm saying I'm like, after 28 years of marriage, you would think that I would have figured this out, but no. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, and I did. It was something quick. There's some veggies. I fried up some veggies through some like leftover chicken that we had in there, threw some sauce on it. And it was like a little Asian cuisine kind of thing. Yeah. Stir fry. And perfect. And it's not often either that I go back and reflect on the fact that the Lord did give to me. I I did receive, but that night I actually did recognize it. And I was like, Whoa, I made dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. So yeah, it just that to be said, I think this in the small things we can trust yeah. Yeah. the Lord. It's hard to do, but to really just ask him to, for that help yeah. even. I was listening to another podcast um earlier this week and they were talking about this idea of abandoning things over to the Lord. And um, this guy was saying that he was struggling with getting up and not hitting the snooze button. Mm -hmm. And so that night he had just, you know, said, okay, Jesus, I, I'm going to give this over to you because I, I want to stop hitting that snooze. Right. Which I am like the queen of the snooze button. (laughs) Second that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I am too. I am not a morning person, but I just, I was like, oh, but I can remember different times when I can, like if I knew I had to get up in the morning, I'd be like, okay, I need your angels to wake me up because and nine times out of 10, I would wake up before my alarm even went off. Wow. So that's the Lord. Awesome. I mean, he's, I guess what I do, I give permission to my guardian angel, <laughs> like guardian angel, get me out of this bed yeah. right? because it's yeah. so hard. Not a morning person. Either. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I need yeah. to start praying that more regularly. Yeah, me too. Just right. making that little <laughs> It's a little mental note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, setting alarms is actually one of the best ways to start practicing that kind of stuff. Of Or put your alarm clock really far away. Right. Yeah. But even just a reminder to ask Jesus to be right. present. Like set a reminder in the morning, afternoon, and evening of like, mm-hmm. where's the Lord? Yes. Where is he? What has yeah. he done for me? You know, kind yeah. of to prompt us. So, so the last thing I thought we might talk about is some of the the prayers that are part of the chaplet and the novena. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some beautiful prayers that start and end the um, the novena. I love the opening prayers and, mm-hmm. the, and the closing prayers. And I'm just disappointed that <clears throat> it says optional. Okay? <laughs> it's like, no, the reason I say that, because I've said it to somebody, I said, you know, 
these opening prayers and the closing prayers are beautiful. You, you ought to memorize it. And she said, that's why it's optional. <laughs> Can you just at least meditate on these prayers? They're so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I really do think they like set yes, your mindset for the yeah. prayer that you're entering yeah, into. And then even like that final prayer, like oh. as you continue on in your day, your mindset, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when I was pregnant with my last child, um, it was a very difficult pregnancy. I had was having some some difficulties, and she ended up being born 16 weeks early, and was um, spent I guess three months in the NICU. Hmm. And I can remember when she was about 10 years old, 10 years old, 10 days old. <laughs> when she was right, right. 10 days old. She had had to have surgery, and following that, up until that point of having surgery, she had been like doing really, really well. But when surgery happened, it just threw her little body into into a kind of trauma, I guess. And I had been there all day waiting with her and she, her little body was struggling. Her lungs were um, collapsing and they were trying all different kinds of things. And I, it was time for a shift change. And I can remember one of the nurses saying, you can't go home. You need to stay here because we don't know what's going to happen. Sort of being taken uh, aback by that and calling Alan. And then I called her godmother and told her what was happening so people could be praying for us and for her. I had been praying that chaplet her whole pregnancy, but also in particular during the time when I was in the hospital before she was born. And I just had this realization like, okay, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Like, am I really going to trust and believe in the words that I've been praying, which were that, that I was going to submit myself to Jesus with, with um, great confidence and that trusting that his holy will, will was love and mercy itself. So that whatever would have happened in, to my little one at that moment, whether if she, God had called her to heaven or if she continued to live and get better, that to trust that what was happening was God's will and he was bringing good out of it. And I think, gosh, there's no greater prayer than we need right now. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to look around and think that, you know, it's the end of the world, but um, it was so hard to do too yeah. in moments like that. But, but I think Lord. also uh, I just want to add on why this divine mercy chaplet is so beautiful because uh, one of the messages that Jesus says is that it's so powerful for people who are dying. Mm. So, yeah. and so it, just practicing in little ways. And then when our final our comes or our family comes, we're more comfortable with trusting, mm-hmm. you know. That that last line in relation to what you're saying, Mila, that that in difficult moments we might not, not despair, despair nor become despondent. I mean that that line particularly at the end of the chaplet is so powerful to me just because in difficult moments, I literally despair every single time. <laughs> like, it's our, like, that's like our natural inclination. Mm-hmm. So it's super natural to do something else. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. So to not despair or just not to become paralyzed mm-hmm. by whatever is happening to us is such a common thing. So you're praying against that. Like you're praying for the opposite mm-hmm. in every chaplet, whether that be for someone else or for yourself mm-hmm. or whatever. I think that is just so, so beautiful. That's why it's good to memorize it. Mm -hmm. Because once you, for me anyway, 
Because once I memorize it, it's my to-go prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I totally like, agree. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I totally agree. I'm just when it's in your, I'm when despaired. it's, yeah. when it's yeah. in your right. heart, it's in your heart. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and it's stuff. the whole concept too of divine mercy and how much mercy I think we need to be pouring out. If God, it says also the treasury of compassion is inexhaustible, inexhaustible. And how, I don't know, I just feel like we're pretty, we're pretty loved by the Lord if it's inexhaustible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's just everlasting love and mercy and how, how much we have to give that to other people, forgiveness and just compassion. That's hard to do, but that's what the Lord teaches us on the cross. Mm -hmm. That gift of self that knows no end. Mm -hmm. We just invite all of our parishioners and all of you who might be listening to join us in praying. We'll be starting the novena on Good Friday at noon. We'll be praying in the church um, each day. Uh, Starting on Holy Saturday, we'll be praying during the Hour of Mercy, which is at 3 o'clock. So you can join us live and in person, or else we'll be um, streaming, and you can join us there. And then if you, even if you haven't been coming to the mission throughout Lent, you are more than welcome to join us on Divine Mercy Sunday. Yeah, if you, if you never prayed it before, come and pray with us. Learn more about the, about the devotion, and then we'll also have an opportunity to um, celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Can I just plug in something? Yes. Okay, EWTN is going to have a show on Understanding Divine Mercy oh. by Father Chris ALRR. Okay. It's starting uh, next month on the 5th up to the 9th, so Monday to Friday. I think it's 5.30 p.m. or something. You can okay. just find out. Yeah. So he wrote a book. Yeah, it'd be good to tune in. And then yeah. if for all of just our parishioners. 30 parish- minutes. Yeah. 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 And then for all of our parishioners also that um, we have, you know, access to formed. There's so many good things mm-hmm. about Divine Mercy that are on there. So if you're wanting to learn more, be sure to plug into that too. And one last final shout out for this week's episode would be to the group of parishioners who gather each Friday to pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy for family and friends who may have fallen away from the church. So if you have family or friends who you are praying for, we welcome you to join with them each Friday in praying this awesome prayer where we contemplate God's mercy and love for us. And that's this week's St. Matthew Moment.